Hello, everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. It's another well-being Wednesday here at Consumers Energy, and I'm your host, Bill Krieger. Today, my guest is Rebecca Culkins. She's the Community Project Coordinator in the Prevention and Community Health Department here in Jackson County. So, Rebecca, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. Yes, so I am fairly new, but I am working at Henry Ford Health System right now in Jackson at the Allegiance and working on the Drug-Free Jackson program. So working on substance use, substance abuse prevention. I'm really excited about that. I came from LifeWays Community Mental Health before that. I was preventing suicide, so very interrelated. Really excited to be working in this community. Uh, I never thought I would be in prevention public health. I originally went to uh, Ball State in Indiana for an advertising degree, and then I did an online master's through Full Sail in digital marketing. Um, and then here I am doing community organizing and public public health. So you never know when you're, where your path leads, but I definitely have passion around mental health and substance use prevention. Well, and I find it interesting. I uh, talked to one of my coworkers, Marty Smith, and she works in one of our generating plants as a controller. And I asked her, how did you get into this? And she said, well, before I came to Consumers Energy, I was a chef. She said in that job, she boiled water. And in this job, she just boils a lot more water was how she explained <laughs> it to me. So I always find it interesting that where we start out isn't always where we end up. So that was going to be a question, you know, hey, is this your background? But apparently mm-hmm. not. So what is your passion around mental health. I think, you know, I'm just an idealist, as as my dad likes to say, and I really can see the potential in people and see uh, the big the big picture for our community. And so many of us, especially in this post-COVID world, struggling with our mental health can be struggling with substance use. And just being able to build those coping skills, build the positives in your life, relying on that self-care that we sometimes let slip, I think can be really powerful. And uh, I think, I mean, that's just one of my biggest passions is mental health. Uh, Hopefully soon I'll be starting my own podcast and uh, talking about mental health as well as uh, social justice and and world travel, because I believe in, in, you know, understanding world cultures and the differences in people, whether that's neurodiversity, big buzzword there, or whether it's just um, how our cultures are different, I think that's really interesting to me. And so being able to understand each other and and how we can relate to each other as well as take care of ourselves in that self-care piece. Well, we'll definitely have to watch out for your podcast. You're going to have to let me know when that comes out and uh, we'll yeah. let the audience know as well. I'm sure they'll be excited to uh, hear it. So when we talk about mental health, addiction and other things. One of the things that I relate to, especially when it comes to the pandemic, as an example, I'm a, I'm a combat veteran. And when I was in combat, I was fine. Like I spent a whole year in Iraq and, and did my tour of duty. It was when I came home that the problems really started because I had time to think. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. Like we've made it through the pandemic. And I think when you're in the middle of it, like you don't think about it. I think maybe it's afterwards. So what are your thoughts on that? And what can we do to help ourselves and help others as we come out of the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic, you have this sense of we're in this together. Um, I have, you know, we've had this community trauma and we're in this together. Uh, And actually, if you look at uh, 2020 suicide statistics, they're actually down, but calls to the crisis lines are up. 
So what that says to me is hopefully we're normalizing help-seeking behavior and we're normalizing the idea that, yeah, we're all struggling together and we can get help. But it's when we start to get back to normal where everyone else starts to get back to normal and I'm not getting back to normal. So that feeling of I shouldn't feel this way anymore, but I still do. That's when the struggles really start. So in the middle of the pandemic, you have this sense of community. But after this or after any community trauma is when we really want to be concerned. So moving forward is when we will really see, I think, uh, uh, mental health challenges and substance use challenges as well. Well, and I think it's important for people to know, too, when you kind of lose that sense of community and you start to feel like you're the only one, what I've learned is, man, you are not the only one. There's a lot of other people feeling that way. And while that might not make you feel better, I think for me, it made me feel normal. Like, this is okay that I'm feeling like this. I need to do something. But there are plenty of other people who feel this way as well. Um, and I think going back to your to being a veteran, I mean, you have when you're in the middle of it, you have a mission, you have a purpose and you have people that got your back. They got your six. Right. You come home. What is my mission anymore? And who is there for me anymore? And you can set into some isolation. So really finding the, the those veterans uh, in this community, some sense of purpose and some sense of community, I think, is one of the most important parts when it comes to veteran struggles with mental health and substance use. Yes. And, you know, we talk a lot about the stigma of trying to get some some help or even recognizing in ourselves or in others when there might be a crisis about to happen. And that's really how we got together was through mental health awareness. So what does mental health awareness training really do and how can that help remove the stigma of either seeking mental health help or in talking to others about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a certified trainer in mental health first aid, which is a curriculum that comes from the National Council for Behavioral Health. So evidence-based, uh, well-recognized throughout the, the nation. Actually, it's in like 25 different countries right now. So a really great curriculum. And the idea behind this curriculum is not that we're teaching you to become junior psychologists. We don't want you to diagnose as much as you want to diagnose your friends and family. Uh, the idea here is just to develop your noticing skills noticing when something's off, noticing those signs and symptoms, and then getting them to help and getting them connected to those resources. Uh, there's so, so much stigma and so much shame around talking about these kind of things um, and getting that help um, and just being able to have these conversations and being those stigma busters in our community, I think is really powerful. And then knowing where those resources are. And I find also that sharing our stories helps. Uh, I know that I've shared my mental health journey story many times, and not only has it helped me, uh, because what I find out is other people have been there, like we talked about earlier, but I think it also helps others to know that it can, these things happen and they can happen to anyone and to recognize that. So if I'm interested in mental health first aid, what are some of the resources or where could I go to find out more about that? Yes, yeah, so um, mentalhealthfirstaid.org. Uh, if you are in Jackson or Hillsdale County, the Lifeways Community Mental Health does offer them for free, uh, and that would be lifewayscmh.org slash mhfa, and I'm sure you can link them up for them. Uh, but um, these these courses are just so important to take, and right now uh, there's a digital or uh, a virtual or blended version, so where you would take two hours on your own, um, watching some videos and then six hours live, either on Zoom or live in person. Uh, before it was eight hours in person. 
Um, so they did a great job to adapt it for COVID times and just adapting it to schedules of real life. So it is a really in-depth course. And there are other courses out there as well. I'm also certified in uh, Safe Talk which is a three to four hours just on suicide prevention. It doesn't get into any other mental health challenges, but um, that's a great course as well. That one's in person only. Um, so there's a lot of different curriculums out there, but just being able to build your knowledge, build that awareness and bust those stigmas, I think is just so important. So we are in September and I believe September 10th is Suicide Prevention and Awareness Day. Yeah. So without without giving us the whole course, can you give us just a few tips, things to look for or things to listen for, uh, maybe some things to say and not to say when it comes to suicide prevention? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're like I said, you're developing your noticing st- skills. I like to say you're developing your Spidey sense. So <laughs> I'm a big superhero fan. And if you think about Spider-Man, uh, he has that little notice just when something is up, when there's danger coming and trusting your gut and trusting, you know, something's off here. So things like um, talking about no purpose or I feel hopeless, helpless, those kinds of phrases, uh, giving away their prized possessions. I've played this guitar forever. I play, you know, it's heirloom and I want you to have it. I'm not going to need it anymore. Spidey sense goes off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those those changes, um, it can be a change in eating and sleeping um, in either direction, too much or not enough. Um, so we're noticing those changes and we start to see a pattern there. Uh, that's when we start to be concerned and we start to ask some questions. And there's definitely a way to ask the question that I think people, you know, struggle with. <laughs> but so much we actually want to be direct and we actually want to say, are you thinking about suicide or are you thinking about killing yourself? Um, so often we we try and skirt around the issue or don't want to say that word. But just thinking, if I can say that word, this person will be able to, to say that word and talk about it. So saying things like, you're not thinking of hurting yourself or you're not. Are you thinking of, you know, harming yourself in some way? Um, it's not direct. It's not the same thing. And you're not really getting at the heart of the issue. So just being able to say the word, are you thinking about suicide? And it's difficult. It's a difficult question. And we practice it in mental health first aid because, you know, just like in regular first aid, you practice chest compressions. Um, <laughs> we practice asking that question because uh, it can be difficult. But um, just being able to say those words and ask the question uh, can be really powerful. And finally, someone wants to talk about it. Finally, um, I'm able to get my story out. I think sometimes people are afraid to say it because they're afraid that now they'll put that idea in somebody else's head. What do you think about that? Yep, that is a myth. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you cannot put the idea in their head. Uh, we are all aware of the concept of suicide and uh, just like if I said, you know, can I have your house? <laughs> can I have something precious in your life um, that doesn't make you automatically want to give it to me? Um, you know, and how much more precious is your life? So you cannot put the idea in their head. That is a very big myth. Sometimes people do have that fear or that thought that that's what's going to happen. So I appreciate you uh, giving us some of these uh, tips and um, thoughts around uh, suicide prevention and awareness. And again, probably a great idea, you know, between now and the next few days or weeks, someone takes a look at the uh, the mental health first aid training or the safe talk. And I wasn't aware of safe talk. So I definitely yeah. want to check that out myself. 
So you have this great background in suicide prevention, and now you're working in addiction and um, alcohol abuse. How do you see those two things correlating or coming together for you? Oh, yeah, they are definitely very interrelated and interconnected. Um, Oftentimes, we're self-medicating to mask those feelings, to mask the emotions or those symptoms around mental illness. Uh, And it really is about developing those coping skills when we talk about prevention. Um, How do I deal with stress? How do I deal with the big emotions of sadness or anxiety? Um, And we don't want to cope with drugs and alcohol. We don't want to cope with self-harm or or suicidal thoughts. We want to be able to find those positive coping skills, you know, and it, it's very unique to every individual as well. I think I tell the story that my friend is a stress cleaner. <laughs> so when uh, when she's stressed and when I go over to her house and it smells like bleach, I know she's had a difficult day for me when I'm stressed. My house is a mess, no laundry, dishes everywhere, right? And both of those things are real and valid. Her way to cope with stress is cleaning, and that's okay. That's not my way to deal with stress. Um, I've tried meditation and mindfulness techniques. Um, I've done some journaling and gratitude journaling and things like that. Um, so not every self-help strategy, not every coping skill is for every person, but you've got there is one out there for you and finding those ways to deal with stress and those healthy ways to deal with stress. So you said something there that, that really struck me. And if I think back to the beginning of our conversation, this is a question I had or maybe a statement. It seems like the key to all of this is knowing the people around you. You make a great point that for one person it means that there's something going on if their house is clean. And for you, it means there's something going on if your house is dirty. And it's a great illustration of if I'm a friend, a supervisor, or a family member, whatever it is, getting to know the people around me will allow me to see those times when they're not exactly uh, feeling well uh, mentally. And so I, I'm thinking that that's probably a pretty important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Developing those noticing skills, paying attention to people in your life. Um, And you're going to notice changes perhaps more easily with a family member or a really close friend than you would maybe with a coworker that you don't work with as much. Um, But, you know, really developing those relationships. And, you know, it's as simple as I think shifting from how are you to how you feeling today. And that's another uh, tip that I have. Um, I think so often we uh, reply to how are you with fine or staying busy, which is even worse, but I do that one all the time. Um, but rather than saying things like that, but how are you really feeling? And 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 caring to hear, caring enough to hear the answer and not making it so much of a dismissive, I'm, I'm asking the question, but I don't really want to know the answer, right? So being able to really be uh, interested and invested. And uh, when it comes to the workplace, you know, the old mentality is you leave your personal life at home and you are your work person here. But we take our whole person to work and um, <laughs> we really do have a desire to to keep take care of uh, our wellness at work as much as that at home. Well, you know, it, it's interesting you say that because that is one of the things that is great about working for Consumers Energy, not that this is an advertisement for the company I work for, but we really don't just say bring your whole self to work. We mean bring your whole self to work. And we uh, treat people in a way that makes them comfortable to bring their whole selves to work. Uh, and it's been amazing 
I've been here for 27 years, and I know my audience is probably getting tired of hearing me say that. Pretty soon it'll be 28, and we'll have a different number. But, uh, you know, in 27 years, I have seen the change from you're here to work, all that, you know, you need to separate work from from your personal life, which is really physically and metaphysically impossible, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I see the shift in a lot of different workplaces. Some places are um, faster than others, but I, yeah, it's just, it's been good to see because, um, and you really, I mean, productivity improves <laughs> when people are taken care of, when they're not constantly stressed out, when they're able to do some practice and self-care and go for walks on lunch breaks or you know, take a yoga class or whatever it is to be able to take advantage of those self-care strategies so that they can de-stress and can get back to being productive. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I've actually seen the results of that in my time here. So unfortunately, we are getting to that point in the uh, podcast where we need to wind down. But before we go, is there anything, Rebecca, that you would like to share with the audience? Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am still certified in those trainings. And if you are interested, you can actually email me. So Rebecca Calkins, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-C-A-L-K-I-N-S at gmail.com. Uh, so if you're interested in those trainings, I would absolutely love to um, get those out to your, your groups, your community groups, your faith groups, whatever it is, um, really just developing those baseline information for, for people in our community. Uh, and then, of course, knowing your crisis lines, which I think is also really important for Suicide Prevention Month. Uh, so our local Jackson Hillsdale one is uh, 800-284-8288. And then we have the National Crisis Line. So that's 800-273-8255. You can actually also ask Siri or any of your virtual assistants uh, to dial that number for you, which I think is great. And actually, in July of 22, that will become a three-digit number, which is pretty exciting, just like 911. Uh, it will be 988. And uh, I think that's pretty exciting as well. And then there's the crisis text for those of us that prefer to text 741-741. So those are really important numbers to have. I really advise you to put them in your phone and or just remember that Siri uh, knows them as well. And um you can reach out that there is help available if you're struggling with those feelings. They're they're real, they're valid. And whatever that your mental health crisis, yes, these are called suicide prevention lifelines, but whatever that mental health crisis is for you, self-defined, right? You can call these numbers. You can speak to someone who has that knowledge, who's able to help you de-escalate the crisis. And sometimes just talking to someone, just voicing those things uh, can help you problem solve and help help you work through them. I appreciate it. Lots of different ways to get help. I appreciate the the text number as I think a lot of people don't even realize you can talk on the phone anymore because we do a lot of texting. So um, great information. There's lots of different ways to get help. It's a judgment-free zone. If you are looking for help, reach out to one of those lines, reach out to a family member, reach out to a trusted friend, lots of different ways to get the help that you need. Rebecca, thanks again for taking the time out to talk with us and provide this great information, you know, in this in this month of September when we're really concentrating on suicide prevention and awareness. Uh, my hope and belief is that that will be something we think about throughout the year as we take care of ourselves and take care of our coworkers. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And be sure to take a few minutes and fill out our survey to let us know how we're doing. That can be found at http 
colon slash slash b-i-t dot l-y slash m-e dash y-o-u dash u-s. And remember to tune in every Wednesday when we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.